Good Saturday evening. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. And this show is made possible through the support of Transitions Life Care. Thank you, Cooper Linton, for being a member of this show. Happy to be here this evening, Jason. Thank you. Good, good, Cooper. And we've got Nicole Bruno, as always, with Transitions Guiding Lights. So glad to be here. You got me up and out of my garden. (laughs) Well, you know, this is nothing better you can do on a Saturday night than gardening, but... I think this is the one thing that would be better, though. It is. It's 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 a pleasure. Excellent. Well, I'm Jason Kong and Cooper. We've got a fun show lined up today, and this is uh, all about telemedicine, which sounds like medicine from the future. Well, it's really medicine of the present, you know. But, but we always thought about this as something that was futuristic, and a lot of times on this show we end up talking about where's the intersection between caregiving and technology. Today, we're really going to explore that in more depth, and we have Dr. Bobby Park from RelyMD. He's been willing to join us on a Saturday evening, which we appreciate very much, to discuss how we can intersect technology and medicine and actually bring physicians into your home virtually. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So could you just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your background? Sure. Uh, So I am an emergency medicine doctor by training. Uh, I actually grew up here in Wilmington, North Carolina, Um, attended high school all throughout there, went to med school at Chapel Hill, and then trained out in the Bay Area before coming back and setting up roots here in Durham, North Carolina. And so I work with an emergency medicine group that's very progressive. Uh, We, about five years ago, looked at telemedicine as an option to provide our services to as many people as possible. And so we've been doing it now for about two and a half years. Our group has about 100 ER physicians, 30 of which uh, actively participate in the telemedicine. And so ReliMD provides 24-7 access to a physician as long as you have a phone or a web link or one of our apps. So you're saying you've got 30 doctors that can be accessed virtually. You got it. I think that's huge. You know, we talk all the time on this show about the huge tsunami of people who are older adults. And it's just, the waves are starting to hit us. We're just getting the first waves. Mm -hmm. We haven't really been hit by the giant wave yet. But by 2020, there are going to be 44 million people caring for someone. Who, ha- who have a chronic illness. And so that will be 44 million caring for 117 million people in this country. So that's a huge number. And one of the things that we often talk about is the fact that we really don't have a way to really properly care for all these people. There just, there aren't enough places to put people. There aren't enough people interested in the field of helping others. And so what I found, which was pretty interesting when I did a little research is that of those caregivers of today, 71% of them are interested in technology helping them in some way care for the ones that they love, which is mm-hmm. a huge shift. Even over five years ago, if you mentioned technology and caregiving, people really had a, the idea of a robot being in the room and you know touching mom or dad or just feeling like maybe it was a little bit too intrusive. Have you noticed that shift as well? Yes, I have. And it's interesting. When you say telemedicine and you ask people what they think about that, and even people in the healthcare field, mm-hmm. Everyone gives a different answer. Everyone has a different notion of what telemedicine is going to be. What I, 
Um, some people think of it as um, uh, telestroke. So there's someone, uh, the neurologist is evaluating a patient via a robot in some very far away emergency department. Mm. Um, there's other people who think of telemedicine as being, um, believe it or not, just good old fashioned radiology, you know, mm-hmm. store and forward of images. Oh, That's telemedicine. It's all swapping images, swapping files, but That's not right. real engagement with another human. Or, or tele, maybe using the telephone to call the nurse helpline from your insurance company. That I mean, is I've, I've heard, yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. Yep. And so the way I try and explain to folks is just think of it as having a, a family member who is a physician or a healthcare provider, mm-hmm. and you're giving them a call and they listen to what's going on and then they give you some advice and some direction as to what to do. Well, we're doing that, but it's not only just by phone, but we have the ability to have a, an app and a, a physical uh, examination component where we can really render some care. We can actually go ahead and prescribe medications to your preferred pharmacy if that's indicated. And then, uh, you know, the statistic that we have right now with ReliMD is that for every nine out of 10 patients that we evaluate, we evaluate them, we manage them, and they don't have to seek further care. In other words, they don't go to the emergency department yeah, right that's after huge. that. Yeah, it's huge. 90%, are you saying 90% of the patients you're treating are able to avoid an emergency room visit? Emergency room visit or urgent care, sometimes even primary care. Um, and I want to be very clear here because that, that, that last statement probably does not ring uh, very well with a lot of folks. We are not primary care doctors. We don't try to be anyone's primary care mm-hmm. home. We are just emergency physicians who handle unscheduled care needs. So you can't get in with your primary doctor right. for your urinary tract infection mm-hmm. or whatever the issue might be. We're, we're another resource. We are, we're a very simple, available option 24-7. So I was going to say, Dr. Parks, um, Park, if you could just give me an example of a typical interface with your company, what does that look like? Why, why would somebody typically call you and how do you help? Sure. Uh, little Johnny mm-hmm. um, started saying, Mommy, uh, who's nine years old, starts saying, Mom, um, I'm itching all over. Mom turns around, child's covered in hives has no idea what's going on, why it's happening. So clearly some kind of allergic reaction. Um, so this is a real interaction. Mom called me up and used the ReliMD app. I can see the child who is not in any sort of respiratory distress. I can see that his mouth and his tongue is not swollen. I can listen to his voice and know that it's not, you know, compromised. You know, and plus, you know, he's kind of smiling and joking and putting rabbit ears on top of mom. Right. <laughs> I know. That's he's the right age for And that. it's good. Yeah. You're seeing them comfortable in their own environment versus how they might act even you in, got in it. office. I mean, because yeah. I could also sw- swap it real quickly and say that nine-year-old with covered in hives was, you know, limp as a dish rag mm-hmm. and having trouble breathing. Now you have a life-threatening sort of allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. So to be able to see the kid is everything. Mm-hmm. And that goes for most folks. And, and you can definitely apply that to senior, uh, to senior patients as well. So if, in fact, that's what you had seen, instead of the kid with the rabbit ears, you saw a kid that was having some sort of respiratory distress. He's having, mm-hmm. he's having trouble breathing. Um, what, what do you do then? Mm-hmm. So we, so the beautiful thing about telemedicine is it, these are folks who are on the on the east coast uh, of North Carolina. Some are in the mountains. We ask them what's their closest emergency department or where are they calling from, mm-hmm. when they let us know where they're going to go. So now we've made it our business to know all 180 backdoor phone numbers to all the emergency departments across the state. 
We call ahead. We let them know that nine-year-old little Johnny's coming with a really bad allergic reaction, and we've called 911 for them. They're going to be headed your way. I can tell you, that's huge. I mean, I had a recent experience with one of my kids. Um, They had a a little accident somewhere else, and one of their teeth got kind of jarred and so the the it went from urgent care to the emergency room to home and of course i wasn't there to see what was going on and i called the nurse helpline well we really can't give you any advice because we really can't see what's going on but in my mind i knew the reality of it was let's just go to the dentist on monday probably and it ultimately after going to the urgent care and going to the er they said just take them to the dentist on Monday. And so nobody wanted to give advice because they couldn't see the child, and that's what they kept saying, even when I called the pediatrician. Well, I really can't see your child, so I don't know what to say. That is so. Per- that is such a perfect example. I mean, because, you know, unfortunately, I've had those kids come to our emergency yeah, department, and then we tell them, here's some pain medicine. Right. But then, really, ultimately, the definitive care is going to be Four hours waiting in the ER, yep. catching the flu, probably. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like in true. the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going to the ER for something that is not a true emergency mm-hmm. is a miserable experience. Oh, yeah. No disrespect to the ER, but the emergency room or emergency department was not built to be a primary care practice. Well, and yes. urgent care is a lot of times when it's little children, she's four, they were kind of like, well, it's a four-year-old, just go to the, just go to the, you know, the wake med ER, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, 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 it's easy to just say that, like, okay, yep, that's a, that sounds kind of concerning, or we're, it's kind of on the fence, maybe that's an issue or not, yeah, just go on to the emergency department, yeah. that's a really quick two-second throwaway, <laughs> like, guidance, it's easy but button. for you guys, yeah, it's oh, an it's easy Oh, it's a whole hassle, what do you do with the other kids, you're up all night. Exactly, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it can last hours, so. Well, we're going to keep diving into telemedicine. We'll get into uh, maybe a little bit of what telemedicine isn't and a bit more of what it is, and we'll get into the costs of telemedicine as well. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you here on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, which was founded as Hospice of Wake County. You can find them online at transitionslifecare.org. Special guest in today, Dr. Bobby Park with Rely MD, and I'm Jason Kong. Cooper Linton, Nicole Bruno here as always, and we're talking about telemedicine today, and uh, we, we were just sort of wrapping up our discussion on kind of what it is, but we're, we're going to get into a few more examples here, and this is uh, this is really innovative. It sounds like there's a lot of a big convenience factor in here. It sounds like it's more technology savvy as well. Well, there's a convenience factor, but it's very timely, I think. We're seeing hospitals, nursing homes, Uh, assisted livings, home health agencies, all of which are feeling a lot of pressure, both from the payer side and from providers, to reduce hospital utilization. Uh, And there's times when the hospital, uh, or or particularly emergency room utilization, and there's times that that is the perfect place for care, but as we, before the break, we were talking about, it's really the wrong place for certain types of patients. The idea of finding an alternative method to keep patients out of the ER is critical and very timely right now with the incentives that Medicare has in place and some of the commercial payers have in place. The part I'm a little unsure about is tell me the mechanics, if you will, of how this works. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a consumer and I'm one of those people in the story you shared before the break, how does this work? How do, what do I have to have? Do I have to have some sort of special camera and portal in my home to do this? 
The quick answer is no. Um, if you have a phone, you can access us. A smartphone. I've just got to have a... Or even just a good old-fashioned telephone. Really? Uh, we do just telephone consultations. It is not our preferred method sure. because... We like to be able to evaluate and see mm-hmm. the patient because there's so much information rendered by evaluating them and being able to see them. But And so I'll just give you our statistic. 98% of our consultations currently are with a video component. Only 2% are just telephone. So in order to see us, all you got to do is you got to have a phone or one of our smartphone apps, so ReliMD. We have both Android and iOS apps, so you can use this on an iPhone, you can use this on an Android, you can use this on an iPad. Uh, all it takes is downloading the app, and the app is free. And then the third way you can access this is if you have a web connection. So if you have a laptop or a, or a desktop with a camera, then you can access that way too. So is this a 24-7 service? or 24-7, 365. Right now, average wait time for a patient to get seen by us is about six minutes. Wow. That's amazing. Kind of what I'm picturing is um, almost like an interactive WebMD where, and you know, that's the one of the worst things you can do is when you start getting a bunch of symptoms <laughs> is go to WebMD uh-huh. because they have a lot, you, you think go you're going to the gonna, die in like two <laughs> you're seconds. Right, you're going to find out in a moment that you're probably not going to live to breakfast. Yeah, for at least five, yeah, five more minutes. That's about all you got. So you better hurry up so and do true. your advanced directives. I have a headache. <laughs> Clearly, I have cancer. Yeah. But, but, I mean, to me, I almost picture it as, you know, if you're worried about some of your symptoms and it gets to the point where you're Googling, instead of Googling WebMD, kind of call you all and, and you can do that decision tree and help a person go through that hierarchy yes. and decide if it's really a bigger issue. That's right. I mean, that that represents a fair number of our uh, actual patients who call in to see us. It's they're concerned about something. Mm-hmm. They're worried, is this something that's concerning or not? Should we go to the emergency department or not? We have this cut. It doesn't need stitches. Right. We've got uh, a child with a fever, and these are the symptoms. Is that a big deal or not for first-time for, parents? Yes, that's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is hearing the symptoms, letting them know this isn't abnormal, this isn't unusual, and, you know, c- talking them off the ledge, basically. And so um, that's how we very first got started. Actually, I'll share the story. My sister, you know, um, she – she has um, a daughter named Emmy, so my niece. Mm-hmm. She was on the monkey bars, and she, mm-hmm. at the time, I think she was six. She fell off the monkey bars and had a cut on her hand. Mm-hmm. And it kind of split open a little bit, but she wasn't sure. Should we go to the to the you know to the the Urgent children's care, emergency whatever. department <laughs> there, which is a she's been there before. She said that that's a three to four hour endeavor. Yeah. And so uh, she, I told her just snap a bunch of pictures, try to pull it apart a little bit. Let me see if that splits open. She sent me a bunch of text pictures, and you know, five minutes later, I said, "Nope, you don't need stitches. Uh, you just go to the pharmacy, get these, these, these things, um, clean it out, steri strip it." You know, and that's that took all of you know a few minutes and saved them four hours. So. Yeah, and, and and a hefty bill and probably. stress on the child too. Yeah, I mean, it's of course. Traumatic. Yeah. So I guess the, the part B to my question is: Let's say you're having this interface with a patient. Are you actually able to give them a prescription? If you feel like they need it, how does that work? Absolutely. Uh, so that's probably one of the biggest um, 
um, effective pieces of this is it, it is more than just a nurse line and no right. disrespect to nurse lines. Nurse lines are great. They do a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. They uh, reassure a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But they're limited because they are very, very protocol driven mm-hmm. and they aren't ultimately able to prescribe any medicines and manage those folks. So we're able to prescribe to their preferred pharmacy electronically. So we use the e-prescribe system that mm-hmm. you know 95% of all pharmacies are connected to. Wow. So if I, I'm at home, I press the app that's on my smartphone, mm-hmm. it automatically connects to you guys, and I just sit there, and in a minute, somebody's going to pop on my screen? Is that right? Great question. So you hit the app, you log in like an email account, so user ID and password that you pick out, you tell us what's wrong, my head hurts, or I fell down and my hip hurts, mm. or I have a fever, or I have a sore throat, you just tell us what's wrong. Once you hit enter, then we get a text message on our side that someone's waiting to be seen. We have a bunch of doctors. So if, a, you know, well, let me put it back this way. We get the text message. If I'm not doing anything, I'm already waiting for that call. I'm going to get back in with you probably in just a few minutes. If I'm on another call or there's a stack of calls, we have a flexible staffing system where if the wait goes beyond a certain number of minutes, we have a you know slew of backup doctors who will then get text messages saying, hey, there's a bunch of people waiting mm-hmm. to be seen, get in there. And so then we, we go and see everyone. So yes, the quick answer is log in, tell us what's wrong, and then we send a text message to you saying we're ready to see you. And then we're usually up and running within six to 10 minutes. Now you said there's about an average of a six minute wait. During that six minutes, are you showing like some headline news or some old Sports <laughs> Illustrated magazines that we can thumb through while we wait? Great just so we question. get that old experience at the doctor's office? I, I, wish, I wish we had been smart enough to think about that kind of thing. No, we, we really just actually ask you to put in more information so that the visit's more efficient. Sure. So we want you to be able to not get frustrated at entering the system. So we make it as as uncomplicated as possible. Tell Log in, tell us what's wrong, hit enter. Well, geez, a six-minute visit that wait for any, I mean, oh, just like when yeah. you have a scheduled appointment, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took me six minutes to go to the McDonald's uh, drive. Just to even drive to the doctor's <laughs> office, right? That's so, right. But, but by comparison, I mean, that's a good point. Do you, do you happen to have a sense off the top of your head what a non-urgent visit to an ER and what the wait time for that typically is? Oh, gosh. If you come at 6 in the morning to any ER, you're probably not going to have a wait. If you come any time between 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., the prime times which ERs are most busy, Mm -hmm. it can be, you know, hours. hours. So six minutes versus hours. That's a hard call for me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Seriously. So I I guess another question I have is, is this covered by insurance or how do we pay for it? Yeah. Right now, there is no telemedicine parity laws in the state of North Carolina. What, there does, are that that mean? what does that mean? Parity yeah. laws? Isn't that like a comedy thing? Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't sound very funny, though, I don't in, think. <laughs> there are 32 states in the country that do have parity laws, which basically means if you're seen by telemedicine, you, the provider gets reimbursed at the same level as an in-person visit. So in 30-some-odd states, that exists. In North Carolina, that does not exist. And so the quick answer is we are outside of insurance. Insurance does not really cover this or reimburse this appropriately. And so almost, I shouldn't say almost, all of our customers are essentially self-pay. It comes, it, it's paid by uh, credit card, 
HSA debit card um, outside, but it's outside of Is insurance. Is this expensive? Uh, I mean, so how, what's anyone the range? can use it right now for mm-hmm. $50. Per incident. Per, per encounter. Okay. Well, the majority of our customers, though, happen to be people or companies who, have a, who are self-insured. So, for example, you're a private company with several hundred employees, and you have your own self-insured health plan. Mm -hmm. So every time your employee goes to use the emergency room or the urgent care, you know, it's the employer who's paying for that. Mm -hmm. So this is a a lower-cost option that happens to also be more convenient and with high patient uh, employee satisfaction. So, um, This Most would be an extra our, benefit for an employee. Yes, absolutely, for sure. And so they, uh, the employer subsidizes the service on behalf of the employee, and so the employee usually only pays $5, $10 per visit mm. because the employer is subsidizing the rest of it. Wow. And that's the majority of our clients. Our guest is Dr. Bobby Park, and he's with RelyMD, and our conversation on telemedicine will continue right here on Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. You can always find them online at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Jason Kong here, Nicole Bruno over there, Cooper Linton over there, and our special guest today, Dr. Bobby Park with Rely MD. And we're talking about telemedicine, and this is uh, a really fascinating subject. And I'm, I'm so glad we had this conversation today because I'm learning a lot, a lot about this, and it I'm, I'm not hearing many things that I don't like about it. It's, it sounds very convenient. It sounds like it's uh, something that could impact a lot of people in the future. And, uh, you know, the, the time factor to me is is the most appealing. You know, it's it saves you a trip to the doctor's office. Yeah. It's something you could do from the comfort from your home. You don't have to take time off of work if you need a, a, a quick checkup. I mean, this is just the, the potential impact of this seems huge. Well, when we talk about uh, you know, we want to have a perfect solution for every problem, and, and there, there is no such thing. There's no silver bullet. But when we look at the toolbox that caregivers have and some of the resources, and many of those resources we've tried to bring on this show to put a spotlight on them, it, we look at what's the best way to get certain things handled at certain times in our lives that allows caregivers to spend the time loving the person that they have at home and less time trying to be the air traffic controller for care. And we think this is one of the options, but I, I want to ask Dr. Park an unfair question because that's what I, you know, that's my preferred <laughs> method. Is you grill you, them. That's what you yeah, do. Yeah, I show. put them on the spot. <laughs> is um, during the break we pulled out a crystal ball here. We set it on the table. We polished it up, and I'm, I was going to ask you to look into that crystal ball for a minute and talk about what you see as the future of telemedicine and the impact on caregivers in North Carolina. That is a great question. Uh, in my crystal ball, uh, let's fast forward just even 10 years from now. I would imagine a time <clears throat> excuse me, where a caregiver has a loved one that might have an acute medical issue, and it's going to be second nature to say, okay, hand me the iPad. I want to go ahead and log on and see Dr. Park. And they log in. They tell us what's wrong. We get up with them in about 10 minutes, and we have a FaceTime, except it's secure, uh, through our platform. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's like a FaceTime encounter where we figure out, well, what's best for mom or dad or Aunt Sally? And we render care. And if it, if it requires a prescription, we call in the prescription. If it requires an ER visit, we're going to coordinate that for them. 
and let them know they should go to XYZ emergency department. We're going to call ahead and let that doctor know exactly why they're going there so that they don't order 15 tests instead of just two. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's, it's overall just better care. I think I want to make sure that we don't overlook something that's really important here. You know, we are extremely resource rich in this triangle area. However, we all know that there is a huge shortage of physicians out in the rural area, particularly family practice, family medicine physicians. Um, And so this could also be a way that we can reach out and help fill that deficit in in areas where people have to drive an hour or two or drive into Raleigh from somewhere to actually get a visit. Don't you see that that could potentially be something that will help? Are you starting to see some of that where people in more rural areas are calling? or? Well, so the quick answer is absolutely that's our vision that's what mm-hmm. we wanted to have you know to improve access to rural mm-hmm. north carolina yep. provide high quality care to those folks but then when you get into rural populations unfortunately broadband and bandwidth becomes an issue mm-hmm. also sure but if you have 4g yep. if you happen to be in a place that's wired and you have 4g uh, our apps work just fine on 4g as well mm-hmm. so it but but right now, and there is a push right now for, um, you know, from various different organizations to try and get this state wired with broadband yeah. in rural communities as well. And so that's going to take time. But once it's done, I mean, sky's the limit as far as uh, telemedicine possibilities. Well, and, and the 4G connectivity is so much higher, and it depends on your carrier. But I was this past summer out with a friend of mine in the Pamlico Sound. I looked at my phone and I went, I have 4G connectivity, and I am standing in the middle of, or standing on a boat in the middle of the Pamlico Sound. Thankfully, I was not just trying to stand there without the boat. Uh, when, when I knew you walked there. on water. <laughs> yeah, only when it's really cold. Um, but it's amazing the places you can get 4G connectivity, which means there may be a way to do an emergency room consult or emergency level type consult literally from a boat in the Pamlico Sound. Uh, absolutely. It just, again, it, it's surprising where you do have connectivity because, uh, like you said, I, I mean, I was surprised. I went um, actually hiking up in, um, uh, out in the west, and I'm in the, in the middle of nowhere with this, you know, on top of this uh, hill on mountain, mm-hmm. and I had four bars. Yeah. yeah so it is surprising, and, uh, you know, I look forward to the day where – Really, this becomes kind of mainstream, more public adoption. Because right now, you know, if you if I go to a, an organization or a place and I ask for a show of hands, who has heard of telemedicine? There might be 10 percent who mm-hmm. raise their hand. Who has actually used telemedicine? There might be one, maybe yeah. two people who actually raise their hand. But, you know, the 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 convenience, the time saved, the money saved of telemedicine currently it just it really can't be argued and once you get once you try it that's that's the biggest piece whenever we have a you know a, a new customer and when i say customer i should clarify when we when we provide this service to a new organization mm-hmm. to several thousand employees they are slow to adopt it, but all it takes is just a few people to word use of mouth. it, and then word of mouth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then it becomes wildfire. Oh, yeah. And we have right now about a 97% satisfaction rate, Where and, and would people use this again? 97% would say yes. Uh, would they recommend us to a family, uh, family member or a coworker? 
97% say yes. Did it help them get back to work faster? Right now, 86% say yes. So it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's once you try it, and it's, it's, it's so easy to be skeptical because I completely understand that. But once you give it a shot, once you try it, and then you see the time savings and that the person on the other end isn't, uh, you know, a quack, um, uh, <laughs> and you actually have a good medical encounter, <laughs> then you, they, they're going to use it again. So one of the other questions that I have is, you know, we're seeing an explosion out there. People wear those little Fitbits or Apple Watches, and they're all, some of these things are starting to not just measure the steps you take in a day, but what your heart rate is, how you're sleeping. Uh, and I actually, somebody approached me the other day and it actually said it measures your blood pressure and measures your pulse, and they wanted me to try this device for them, blah, blah, blah. Do you see those things uh, potentially integrating with your software in the future so you could even give a higher level of service? Yes. So we refer to those items as peripherals. Mm -hmm. um, so peripherals are, are key components to the future of telemedicine. They allow you to have a lot more robust sort of decision making because you'll have uh, a blood pressure, a heart rate, and oxygen saturation, all of that good stuff. There's even now cases on an iPhone that have two little metal electrodes where you put your thumbs on them hmm. and you can get an EKG lead. Wow. Mm -hmm. So there's, there, you know, they're constantly evolving, they're improving. Uh, right now, I would say they're a little bit on the cost prohibitive side. Sure. And, but I do see in the future them being pretty mainstream for, for, for telemedicine. I think folks are going to be demanding it. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. What do we need to do to make this more accessible in North Carolina? Right now, I would say that like any t like like all things in medicine, innovation supersedes reimbursement. In other words, insurance isn't going to pay for this for a while. I mentioned earlier there are 30-some-odd states that have telemedicine parity. Unfortunately, North Carolina is not one. Believe it or not, there is a bill in the House right now that is um, uh, uh, that is basically, uh, if approved, would allow for uh, um, telemedicine services to be reimbursed. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there was a bill uh, in 2015 that did not go through. We're hopeful that this year... Uh, our legislators will see the cost impact, the uh, value to patients, and how it would just completely improve rural health care. So we're hopeful that the legislators see the value of this and, uh, and, and get this uh, House bill through. Dr. Bobby Park has been our guest today from RelyMD. Uh, I guess people can go to RelyMD.com if they want to find more information. That's correct. Yep. Very good. Very good. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. This was uh, a great discussion about telemedicine, and I'm sure a lot of people will be interested. And, um, you know, I, I would, if you feel that this is something important for North Carolina, you may want to pay attention to this House bill and maybe give a legislator or two a call if you think that it's something that uh, would help a lot of people out, because I haven't heard many negative things about it. And it not it a lot just, of downsides. No, not at all. No, no, it, <laughs> Better access. It sounds like it's, it's win, just win. a progression, right, <laughs> of, of technology and medicine, and it's uh, it seems like, as you said, a win-win for everyone. Well, we'll be back in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF.
You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, which you can always find online at transitionslifecare.org. Org. I'm Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno with Transitions Guiding Lights, Cooper Linton with Transitions Life Care. And guys, we have uh, uh, more events coming up. We have uh, a successful event that just happened. But let's let's start with the summits. We've got the uh, the uh, Caregiver Summits. You can always find information about that, caregiversummits.org. And we can't talk enough about these because they're so cool. They are so cool, yes. You have to be there. You will be on in the out. <laughs> you will not be at the cool table. No, but seriously. Uh, we have uh, four upcoming caregiver summits, as we've been discussing on the show. The aim behind those is to provide education to caregivers, and or if you're somebody who's anticipating providing care, perhaps you're seeing a loved one take a decline. We provide lots of education. We provide care for yourself, uh, information on how to care for others. Uh, we have, uh, gosh, dozens and dozens of resources available through exhibitors, a whole host of information available at these summits, as well as a health clinic, as we just did a whole segment on taking care of others and yourself. We actually have a health clinic there that day free of charge so that we can make sure that you're doing well yourself so that you can continue caring for that loved one. So they are coming up June the 13th in Raleigh at the McKimmon Center, June 20th in Durham at the Durham Convention Center, and then we have a couple others a little further down the track, June, or excuse me, August 22nd at the Friday Center in Chapel Hill, and October 3rd at Campbell University, University in Lillington. So visit at the website at caregiversummit.org for more information and to register today we strongly encourage registration we usually sell out of all these events yeah get on board now while you can well i mean raleigh is the first one and i cannot remember the last time it didn't sell out yeah and it usually sells out weeks in advance and it isn't that we don't want more people to come but there's there is only so many places to sit yeah and it, it breaks our heart to turn people away and we usually every year have to turn people away that show up at the door so right and so we whenever possible we direct them to the next caregivers conference so there'll be one in durham after the one in raleigh but register and that way your seat is guaranteed Excellent, excellent. And again, you can do that at caregiversummit.org. And there's also a link on the WPTF website if you go to the Aging Matters page. There's plenty of information there about the show, past episodes as well. If you want to go back and listen to our discussion on telemedicine with Dr. Bobby Park that we had earlier in the show, you can find that there. And also plenty of other shows with the uh, the nuggets of wisdom from Cooper and Nicole <laughs> and uh, and me trying to barely understand the, uh, the intelligence with which they speak. Oh, hold your quite well, Jason. No, no. Well, uh, last week we had our Advanced Directives Day, Cooper, and this this went very well. One week ago today, we had the Advanced Directives Clinic at the Transitions Life Care Campus, and I really want to thank the North Carolina Bar Association um, and also the North Carolina Partnership for Compassionate Care, who stepped up and provided some materials. And the North Carolina Bar Association, and in particular Pointer and Spruill, uh, brought in attorneys, and those weren't the only attorneys there, but they really helped spearhead this across the state. We had over 50 people come, fill out their advanced directives. Uh, they got free education, free attorney advice, walked out of there with their documents notarized, understood what to do with them. It was really a, for me, it was a lot of fun, and I had never thought about having fun with advanced directives, but you know Death what? Death and fun, yay. It turned out pretty good. <laughs> That's just what goes together for well, my Well, people mind. started talking about what mattered to them, mm-hmm. and what matters to them in the way they live, and it was more focused on that than it was on 
how am I going to die or when am I going to die? It's, we all will get to that part. Let's talk <laughs> about what we're going to do now. And the advanced directives clinic really was fun. We even had pizza. So folks were you know, walking around eating and talking, having a little comfort food. But it was great. If people are interested in having a similar event or an educational piece on advanced directives, I encourage them to go to our website, transitionslifecare.org, and uh, search for speaker. And they can really request a speaker online. And we can come out and help with advanced directives or several other topics, but in particular that one if you're interested in it. If you missed it this Saturday, call us. We'll help We'll help set up another one for you. Yeah, and I, I really encourage people to do it because I, I went last Saturday. You showed up. And uh, I know. With I, baby and tell. I, I came and out of my den. And a lovely bride. I know. I, you, now, now you're even more confused about me. Well, like, I'm even more impressed. <laughs> I am impressed. I definitely outkicked my coverage on that one. <laughs> That's a good but, one. Uh, it was it was a really cool experience because uh, you know I talked with my wife Rachel beforehand. I was like, hey, we should we should go do this, and there was no excuse not to because everything was free. There was free legal expertise. And Notaries pizza. were there and pizza. <laughs> I call it the the trifecta. But um, you know the it, it, the having the conversation uh, I thought was was really important, and then just being there, uh, you could you could just see the the comfort level of everyone was really high everyone was super nice and you could just see that you know they were they were excited to get this done and you know that wasn't the reaction that I was expecting I was kind of expecting okay when I say when anyone says that there's a gathering of notaries and lawyers <laughs> you're not expecting you know the, the most lively conversation kind of like a funeral <laughs> but, yeah, there, were, there were lots of families there and they were having important conversations and and they were there were lots of smiles as well you could see the the relief and the the uh, just the planning that was being done, it was it was really cool to see. It was fun, and one of our doctors, uh, Dr. Chris Thompson, stopped by for the first session, and uh, a lot of folks don't know, he was previously uh, an EMS tech before he became a physician. And so folks in the cl- in the room were asking, well, what do I do if the ambulance shows up? And Dr. Thompson said, well, I, I used to ride on that ambulance, mm-hmm. and this is what we did, and that was the training. Now I'm a physician. This is our training in this area. And it was great because people could talk to a physician, an attorney, a notary, people had used advanced directives, and you're right. It was very much a dialoguing group, and uh, it just turned out to be great. We're going to repeat that. I, don't, I can't tell you when, but we'll do it again. Very good, very good. I will, I will be there in support and, uh, and more, more specifically to taste test the pizza to make sure that it's okay for everyone else. I promise I will, again, not cook it. We will order pizza. <laughs> Very good, very good. And we have a, another event that we, we need to do. talk about as well. I know, I just feel like maybe I should just be an event planner, party, party person. That sounds, sounds kind of cool oh, and like fun. like you don't have enough to do. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what I feel like all of it I do these days. <laughs> but, um, so uh, Transitions Guiding Lights, we uh, spearhead a group called the Health Affairs Roundtable. And the idea behind this group is to pull together industry professionals that want to make a difference in the lives of caregivers and older adults. And one way that we're doing that is um, we've targeted older adults that tend to be socially isolated. We know that that's a huge issue. There are a lot of older adults that really are homebound. They can't get out of their home very often um, for various different medical reasons, or perhaps they don't have family around. And we figured out kind of who some of these folks are. And we are we have created a 50 fun day, 50s fun day at Five Points, which is uh, the Center for Active Adults in Raleigh. Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday, May 23rd from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. And basically, um, it's going to be all about 50s fun. There's going to be some 50s cars and Elvis impersonator. People are going to be given um, food. There's going to be giveaway bags. But the whole idea is to get older adults out that may not 
traditionally be able to get out to the Five Point Center. So we actually have arranged for some free transportation. Uh, so for individuals who may not be able to get there because they don't have a way to get there, uh, they can give Transitions Guiding Lights a call by May 10th uh, to arrange for that transportation, and we will make sure we get you there. And the phone number to call for that is 919 371 2062. And again, this is for the 50s Fun Day at Five Points, which is going to be on Tuesday, May 23rd from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at the Five Points Center for Active Adults. So we are really excited. And a lot of folks have put a lot of hard work into that event. Could you repeat that phone number? Sure. That's 919-371-2062. Very good. And one of the things that I really like about the events that you guys do is that you think of every possible objection that there could be to not go, (laughs) and you get rid of it. There's there's really no reason why, if you were interested in going to this event, that you couldn't go. Yeah, there's no excuse now. (laughs) See, that's why you are the master event planner. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Very good. And again, that's the the 50s fun day at Five Points, and that phone number again, 919-371-2062. And what day is that again? Uh, that is on Tuesday, May 23rd at the Five Points Center in Raleigh. Very good. Very good. And uh, if you wanted to keep up with the Caregiver Summits, if you wanted to register for that, you can go to caregiversummit.org. And you can also find the link there on the WPTF.com website under the Aging Matters section. And uh, if you were interested in speaker requests for advanced directives, head on over to transitionslifecare.org. You can go to the contact section. Give Cooper a call. Tell him, hey, I heard you talk about that on the radio, and I'm, I'm going to make that happen uh, because I can't recommend it enough. It was a really cool event, and uh, it's, it's something that you, you need to get on if you're not on already. Thank you so much for listening. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, service of Transitions Life Care. We will see you next week right here on News Radio 680 WPTF.